Hello, hello, lovely listeners. Um, today, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, something that's close to my heart and something that I am formalizing in my own coaching. Um, I'm going through a bit of a transition in my coaching at the moment in terms of what program I want to offer. And essentially, where my I suppose where my real authenticity and passion lies is helping women that are, um, you know, basically settling in a, in a relationship, whether it's a marriage or a partnership, um, for all the wrong reasons. And that was me um, a few years ago. Um, and obviously the reason why the Never Settle podcast was born. So, yeah, so I did a... Um, the reason why I wanted to talk about this, I did a post um, on LinkedIn and Facebook and, and other platforms, and it was very well received in terms of my honesty, and um, and also you know the explanation of of how it all felt, and and I thought it would be useful to share that on here. So, as a reminder for those who haven't heard the story, um, back in. 2010, the toward the end of 2010, I'd been seeing a, an acupuncturist for my skin. I had acne rosacea. And uh, this lady was recommended to me from a guy that I only ever met once. Um, it was very serendipitous. I was off to a conference down in Bristol and I was phoned up the night before to basically tell me I was taking this guy with me who lived, well, in the next town to me. And, uh, and didn't drive. So I was like, oh, so I was a little bit um, put out, shall we say. But anyway, he turned out to be a lovely guy. Uh, his name was Brian. And he was going on about this wonderful filly called Claire, who uh, was just about to qualify as an acupuncturist. He'd been going to her. I can't remember what he went to her for. But um, it was weird because at the time I'd been thinking about acupuncture in terms of my own skin problems. And um, so, you know, for me, it was perfect timing. I took the details, got in touch with her. She was doing an introductory offer for five sessions. And I went along and we got on really well. And at the end of the fifth session, she said, okay, Mal, so this is where some people will cut and run. I'm not interested in dealing with symptoms. I'm all about, you know, the mind, body, the spirit, the whole holistic approach and um and that will very often involve you know digging a little bit deeper and maybe facing things or looking at things that you haven't been looking at and not everybody wants to open pandora's box and if you don't that's absolutely fine and so i thought you know, i sat and thought about it for a few seconds and in you know genuinely there was a deep knowing within me that there's always been something that's not right in my life. And, um, and yeah, and so I just said, yeah, okay, I'm up for this, go for it. And um, she said, okay, because I have to tell you, you are deeply unhappy. And um, I just looked at her with a gone out look on my face and basically said, I don't know what you're on about, you know, I'm I'm happy. I've only been married a year. I'm very happy and content. And uh, she said, I just have to say it as I see it. You are deeply, deeply unhappy. And it was in that reiteration of those words, and I've said this uh, a million times now, it literally did feel like a sledgehammer 
was cracked over my head um, and obviously created this opening that I'd stuffed shut for many, many years. And literally the tears just gushed out, um, came from seemingly nowhere and were uncontrollable. And um, yeah, basically she had another client to see and she didn't deal with the aftermath very well because I basically went off feeling like completely disorientated. And for the next two weeks, I was like uh, fizzing around, not having a fucking clue what I was doing, what I was thinking. Um, And it opened up so many old emotions and old wounds and it was a stark truth and the stark reality of what I'd been hiding away in my in my being for a long time. And um, just to give you some context on that, I there was um, a guy that I met before my husband um, had a relationship with before my husband from the age of twenty, and it was very much. I mean, it was a an all consuming, um, passionate, magical, wonderful for me anyway, um, first few months when we met and um, our meeting was serendipitous. And it was like nothing I'd ever experienced and quite frankly, haven't experienced since. Um, And that had never left me. And, And me and him had been on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off over years. And um, I won't go into that the reasons for that now but um he basically just was a prick he kept breaking my heart time and time again and we're still friends now and he's told me in the latter years that it was because I'd hurt him so much to begin with and it basically turned into for him like a cat and mouse game he was basically getting his own back time and time again and um it's not something he's proud of now but it was just how he dealt with things back then and so I always had that in the back of my mind and that relationship shadowed everything that ever came um, that came after since, which was a real fucking shame for the the new relationships I had and for myself. But it was one of those things, uh, a very strong soulmate connection, maybe even twin flame, who knows? Um, And something I just couldn't shake. I couldn't shake it because of how I felt, pure and simple. And so, yeah, so I've been married a year, two weeks. I was fizzing around. I almost got in touch with the ex, um, but I didn't. And then me and her, I called her up and said, look, um, I've been having some issues here and I need to talk to you about it. Um, I'm not very happy. And can we meet for a coffee? And um, and she did. We met for a coffee. She told me later, uh, I don't think it was later that day, it was later another time that she nearly didn't meet me because I think she was um, thinking it was going to be a lot worse than it was. Anyway, so I just said to her, you know, you basically opened up Pandora's box and left me to it. And um, with nothing, you know, nothing to guide me in those two weeks. And she was very apologetic. And she says now, I mean, I've that, what is it now? 2023. Yeah. So 13 years I've known her. Um, and she always says I was one of her biggest teachers because she'd only just qualified at the time. And, you know, she was still finding her way with things as well. So. So anyway, after that coffee, um, 
we continued our sessions um, for quite a few years. And she was way more than just an acupuncturist. I mean, her wisdom, her guidance, her reflection, her brutal honesty at times was the support and the mentorship and the friendship and the reflections that I needed to get me from a place of complete uh, panic and anxiety and fear and lack of security and feeling like a complete bitch and not wanting to disappoint anyone and feeling guilty about absolutely everything, especially, you know, my husband and especially my son. And although my son is is not my, was not my husband's, I'd had my son before um, me and John got together, um, I'd obviously created or we created, you know, like a bit of a family unit. So I thought um, stability, security, you know, thoughts of extending the family, all of that sort of thing. And so there were so many things, um, that, you know, that that kept me in this self-imposed prison. I mean, I, I think back to it and I think, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to listen to this podcast. I don't know whether he, he listens. And John, if you are, I'm sorry, but he proposed in the most romantic, beautiful place in St. Lucia. And, um, and to be fair to him, you know, he felt the pressure from me um, for that to happen. And, um, and when it did happen, and bless him, he nearly fainted, because it was, you know, he, he, he was this uh, freedom loving, happy go lucky, you know, guy. And um, but anyway, my head screamed no. Um, but I was looking at this guy down on one knee, feeling responsible, feeling guilty, feeling all of the things and um, knowing that I'd put him in that place. And um, and I said, yes. And um, I didn't know. Um, I really didn't know how things were going to play out, you know, after that. And um, I remember we got back to our resort and um started phoning uh, a couple of people to tell them the happy news and it all felt great and and yeah and then we were on the roller coaster of sorting out the wedding and making plans and you know and all of that good stuff that you do and yeah um and I do I do remember thinking when I walked up you know before I walked up the aisle I wonder how I'm going to feel so it was always in me you know there was always this uh, uncertainty there was always this sort of deep knowing that I wasn't truly acknowledging um but again you know I I was fine walked up the aisle it's fine you know everything was fine we had a great day we had a magical day apart from everybody getting ridiculously rat-assed including the groom and the best man which really affected the speeches and all the rest of it which was a bit shit um but you know it was it was what it was um other than that, we had an amazing wedding and um, yeah. So, but the point is, you know, that the the post I shared is like, you know, I know I'm not alone. And it's not just women, by the way, that make these decisions um, for the wrong reasons. Men do it as well, but I think it's more women than men. And, um, and I think that's because women generally suffer more with a lack of self-belief 
uh, a lack of confidence, you know, in terms of <clears throat> like one of the big things that keeps people together when they shouldn't be is is the money. Um, because, you know, you've you've lost that independence, you're now sharing a household and therefore the costs are now apportioned and probably gone up because you've got a bigger house and all that sort of stuff. And maybe the woman's working part time or not working at all, you know, to raise the kids or um, and yeah, and it's difficult because the the thought of how you're going to split all that up, the thought of who's going to leave the house, the thought of how you're going to afford your new house uh, or your new whatever. And, you know, for me, you know, one of the things was I just do not want to move back in with my mother. Um, nothing against my mother, but, um, you know, it was one of the things that really sort of debilitated, debilitated me. Even though I was living in my own home that I bought, um, I bought it as me, not as as us. Um, I had gifted him uh, some of the the equity, and um, and at the time, I was working part time, I think, um, to spend more time with my son and to pursue things that I wanted to pursue, such as music or something completely different as a career. Um, and so I wasn't in the greatest financial situation at the time. Um, and so, you know, I can completely understand why so many women feel trapped. And it is a self-imposed prison because ultimately, right, even if even if I had moved back in with my mom or whatever, it wouldn't have been the, the end of the world. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it would have been inconvenient. It would have been probably a bit painful at times. But it would have been a bridge to, you know, be able to sort out something on a more long term basis and getting me out of the situation quicker than than um, I actually did. Because, you know, from the time. From the from that pivotal day of being told I was unhappy to telling him I didn't love him was over two years. And then it was another 14 months before he actually moved out of this house. And that was a challenge and was not a nice environment for either of us. Um, so, yeah, so I just wanted to sort of share that here because, you know, that really, uh, along with the career, is the main reason that this podcast was born. And that is the main reason that I do what I do now. I am helping women, especially, um, who are in un, unin, get me words out, are in unfulfilled relationships and are staying for all the wrong reasons. And there is a huge fear for women as well, and, and not just for women, but for men as well. People don't want to be on their own. For me, that wasn't a fear. I I really, well, hmm, let's think about this. Maybe in the earlier days, um, you know, the whole being in a relationship and and actually when I got married, I felt really content, you know, like this person is committed to me for the rest of our lives, that there was a real safety, security and contentment in that. Um, but once I, you know, once I realised that I couldn't ignore my feelings anymore and, you know, the Pandora's box had been opened, then being on my own was not an issue for me you know when when we did finally split and he moved out it was a, a blessed relief for me because you know dealing with somebody else's emotions and the heaviness that surrounded the split and and all of the disappointment and the blame and, and all of that you know it weighs heavy and um and so for me it was relief and I was actually single for seven years after that 
and like the best time ever you know being part of a, a couple was not on the agenda for me I was more than happy to stay single and do what I wanted to do and live the freedom and do the travel and do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted and not have to be you know uh speak to anyone or ask anybody's permission so um so yeah so being alone is is not doesn't have to be lonely you know you've got friends and if you haven't got friends you can go and make friends you can go and join groups you can go and revisit hobbies that you you know have long since been forgotten from when you were a kid or a teenager or a young adult you know you, you've got the opportunity to do all that stuff but more importantly you've got the opportunity to self-reflect and go in because the reason one of the reasons well no the reason why we settle in relationships or we settle in careers or jobs or we settle for anything is because we're not fully being authentic to who we are and we're not fully being authentic to who we are for many reasons it could be um we don't um love ourselves enough the self-belief is not there the confidence is not there and we don't know how to to pull that out of us we don't know how to do that we don't know what self-worth looks like um and for me the way that 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 started to materialize was through the mentorship with my acupuncturist who made me see things very differently and was as I say brutal honesty at times but um it was a great reflection of being objective to something that I'd romanticized i.e the previous relationship not the marriage and um, and seeing it for what it actually was and it was a catalyst to actually make me see that this marriage was not the authentic marriage I should have so um so yeah, so it all starts from within and we've all heard that a million times maybe um, and it's very few people that take on the challenge to do that inner work, to do that self-reflection and to deal with the, the hurt and the trauma that we all have, whether we've had a, a great childhood or a shit childhood, we've all got our different levels of stuff that played out when we were kids that, are, that now play out in our adult life and I may have to, yeah, I have talked about this on previous podcasts in terms of the, um, there's a great book called The Five Personality Patterns by Stephen Kessler. And basically we all develop um, one of these patterns or usually two or three of these patterns. And these patterns are developed from, you know, usually before the age of three or four because our needs were not met by either our parents or our whoever our caregivers were. And, and I don't mean we weren't loved or that they physically weren't there. I mean, energetically, um, our parents were not able to be there for us, you know, 100% of the time, because that's just not realistic. Our parents either work or have other kids to look after um, or whatever. And, you know, and therefore we're not going to get 100% attention all of the time. And in those times that we're not getting it or we feel like we're being neglected or unacknowledged, then we start to develop these patterns and we also develop our, you know, our character traits out of these patterns as well. So there is good, um, but generally it's a defense uh, mechanism. Um, for me, if if anybody's interested in reading the book, I, my main pattern is the compensated merger. And my secondary pattern is the leaving pattern. So I'm one of these people that constantly gives to everybody else and tries to heal the world and fix everybody 
um, because actually that's what I need. Um, and I didn't really realize that until quite recently, until the last sort of over the last 12 months. And largely that's been um, because of the traumatic experiences I had in my past relation in my previous relationship the most recent one which I have spoken about on previous podcasts as well and that showed up in a way to reflect back to me that I still hadn't done the inner work the inner loving my little girl you know giving myself as the adult you know giving my child my little girl the love that she deserves and she felt like she didn't get I can do that as an adult you know, I, I just need to sit and be with it. Um, and we can all do this. You know, when you're feeling triggered, when you're feeling hurt, when you're crying and all of that stuff. And, and what we generally do is we'll reach for something to numb the pain or escapism. For me, it's a shed load of Netflix uh, or a bottle of wine, bottle of red wine. Um, for the people, it could be drugs, sex. Um, the list goes on. Um and if we can sort of take ourselves away from that and just sit in it, as painful as it might be, that is how you heal, you know, because emotions come and go. They're not stagnant. Sometimes we feel good. Sometimes we feel shit. Sometimes we're happy. Sometimes we're angry. We're disappointed, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down many, many times a day sometimes. Um, and and so like when you're in that state of deep sadness or hurt you know and the tears are flowing it's such a healing um way to be because the best way to release that trauma and that stuck energy that might have been in your body or you know for years and years and years maybe even past lifetimes if you believe in that and so yeah so I would encourage anybody that you know one of the things if you are in a relationship where you're not fulfilled and you know you haven't been and probably know know it for years is to start looking in inward and to start understanding where you're at with things and a great way of doing that is obviously having a, a coach or a mentor or you know somebody like I did like my acupuncturist who was a fantastic mentor I don't think they're all like that but she certainly was um you know, and obviously we've all got friends that we can talk to or family or whatever, um, anything like that. But yeah, so that was what my post was about. It's about that's the reason why I do what I do. I am passionate about helping women who are stuck in a, a relationship that is not fulfilling, that they know deep down they're not truly in love with that person. And um, and they're stuck and they don't know what to do about it. They've created their own prison um and there's lots of people to think about and and all of that you know and it feels such a mountain to climb and it just feels like something that you don't want to touch because you're going to hurt too many people because you're putting everybody else before yourself and and really it's your life and if you're not putting your feelings first and no that's not selfish um you can't you can't show up as the 100% authentic, honest you because you're lying to yourself. How can you be, you know, authentic and honest in your relationships when you're not being authentic and honest with yourself? So, yes, so that's what um, that's what I'm passionate about. So I'm going to leave it there for this one. 
if what I said resonates in any way, please get in touch. Um, you can find me at malclarkcoaching.com. My email is mel at malclarkcoaching.com. Or you can find me on uh, Facebook, Mal Clark Coaching, Instagram, Mal Clark Coaching. Um, and yeah, I'd love to um, I'd love to speak to you. So thanks, guys. And uh, hope you enjoyed that. Got some value out of it. And uh, see you on the next one. If you enjoyed that conversation or were inspired in any way, please, please leave me a review on iTunes. It's the best way for other people to find my podcast and be inspired themselves. If you'd like to know more about me and my coaching, you can find me at melclarkcoaching.com, Clark with an E on the end, or email me at mel at melclarkcoaching.com.